1981, there was a murder so shocking that it changed the entertainment world forever, yet the killer was never brought to justice. Now, almost 40 years later, we're reopening the case, reviewing old leads as well as new evidence, to try and make sense of a killing which gave rise to a massacre. The who, what, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. Welcome to the Radio Star Murders. Hey everybody, welcome to the Radio Star Murders. This is a podcast where we try to break down if video did indeed kill the radio star. My name is Wes Teasdale. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, welcome back to the show. Mm, thank you for having me. We have picked certainly an appropriate day to do this song that we're doing today. It is. We're in, we're in the midst of, uh, I saw on Twitter today, that July 2019 can go down. There's like a 90% chance it hits the record global high for temperature across the month mm. so there's never been a hotter month in the history of recorded weather which i don't know how far back that goes but a couple of like, hundred years or something um so you could you could say with all certainty it is indeed a hot one <laughs> <laughs> the data points on my graph are there um yeah <laughs> actually original original lyrics to this one <laughs> we're going to be talking about smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas from Matchbox and, uh, honestly, 20. Honestly, shouldn't this shouldn't this really be called Smooth by Rob Thomas featuring Santana? It should be. It, sh- it should be. Santana's he's basically <laughs> there just to, you know, dick around on the guitar. It should be let uh, should be the original title was Let Santana Ride My Coattails to Bring Him Back to Glory <laughs> by Rob Thomas, but they they toned that down in the final version. Yeah, we're we're on our 1999 kick. Uh we've done the past couple episodes about the year 1999. This is probably the biggest song of 1999 i don't have that information right ahead of me but just by the the stats here smooth is the only song to appear on two decade and billboard charts as of 2018 smooth is ranked the second most successful song of all time by billboard wow uh it was a final number one hot 100 hit of the 1990s it won three grammy awards it won record of the year song of the year and best pop collaboration with vocals it features Rob Thomas, <laughs> and um, yeah, this I I have a um, I guess I'll describe what the video is uh, for everybody. In on an incredibly hot day in a washed out uh, late 1990s way where it's so hot that the color is overexposed on the cameras. Uh, There's a street band playing out in what would be more easily described as 1970s New York streets. It doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. a very modern take. But we've got Rob Thomas in a Hawaiian shirt sweating or either using a lot of hair product, as was the uh, fashion at the time. And we've got Carlos Santana, who appears, uh, is unsure whether or not it's about to start raining because he looks up at the sky every three seconds. And I think that really in the Me Too era, the, the problem with this video is that while these guys are trying to just do their job and play a song on the streets of New York about loving a uh, Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa, uh, women with no brassiers and incredibly tight shirts are just coming up to them and shaking their breasts in their face, and it's incredibly mm. hostile workplace. It's Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. You got the catalog and I can be so smooth. 
forget about it. So, Clay, what do you want to talk about with this song? It's a pretty interesting song. This is a... I, I feel a kind of connection to All Star by Smash Mouth, which we just talked about. But I also think because of the color scheme of the video, the color scheme of the video, and just the song. I think this is a much better song than All Star. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I'd give this song like a B plus. I guess you know. I I'm not. I'm never going to seek it out, but I, I'm not offended when it comes on, and I'll sing along to yeah. it in the car or anything. But I'm never going to be like, "Oh, definitely pop on smooth" uh, by Santana featuring Rob Thomas at this point. Um, well, then you are not living your life to the fullest, my friend. What, what do you think? What do you think about this song? Well, uh, this 1999 was the year that all of America remembered that Latin music exists. So um, everything, all of the big hits had a little bit of Latin infusion. One of my, I, if, if we hadn't done this, I mean, this is like really, really not. <laughs> this is the, the least amount of Latin infusion you could ask for, really. I actually wanted to um, talk about that, how it's, it's, a, it's strange because Santana, the band, wrote the music for it. Yeah. And it feels like a very conscious effort to not be Latin feeling it right it, it's like right. vaguely latin it's got timbales basically which is like the only yeah. thing that really clues you into the fact and the fact that they do the um the triplet stop which kind of feels like a very uh, latin thing to do for me but yeah go ahead yeah vague vaguely latin is my mother's favorite genre of music actually <laughs> I, I i always my sister and i always give her give her crap because every time a song has like slightly latin like horn section she's like oh i love that song yeah. and it's you know it's for the same reason. A shaker yeah uh, but yeah i I um if we didn't do something like this I wanted to do uh Live in La Vida Loca cuz that was also the same year and is a little bit more uh it had had a she also a huge impact and was like the the birth of the oh yeah I forgot that Latin music exists. That one um, that one feels more like it um that one feels more like a 1999 song to me. Like that one feels yeah, like it's yeah. a Britney Spears song done by a yes. Latino, basically. Yep. And mm-hmm. this one feels a little bit different. This one, this one has that Rob Thomas Matchbox Twenty influence to it. And yeah, it, like I, I guess the funny thing about the song to me is that uh, Rob, Th- I, there's this oral history on Rolling Stone about this song, and I highly recommend everyone read oral histories of things because they're very funny. But the, mm. the origin of this song is funny too, where Rob Thomas was hired to write this. They were trying to resurrect Santana's career. And so they came up with this concept album where he's going to sing along with a bunch of pop stars at the time and do like collaborations mm-hmm. with them. Uh, this was the big hit that came out of it, but there are other songs uh, like this one. Also, the last one to be recorded yeah yeah makes sense yeah yeah, it's and so rob thomas wrote this with a guy named ital sure who i guess is a famous pop song uh writer and santana didn't want to do it for the longest time and they finally just convinced him and the best part of the oral history is just like you know at this point all santana has is good things to say about this song he didn't want to do it for Mm -hmm. the longest time but then he's just like you know what this is by the grace of god I was I was given this song to perform on and things like that. It's it's funny, it's strange, but it also feels very much like a white guy wrote a Latin song to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the part in the history where where Rob Thomas says they were like, "Yeah, how do you know about all this stuff?" And he's like, "Well, my girlfriend's from from the Bronx or something. It's Puerto Rican." Um so yeah, it's like, "Oh, okay. Yes, that kind of legitimate cred definitely yeah you, yeah, you sure. definitely have a you know rob thomas with his pulse his finger on the pulse of uh latin america i think here because he, he definitely had uh he had sex with latina, latina i think at yeah. some point in his career fun uh quickly going back to live in la vida loca real quick 
I recently heard that on the radio. Um, I never realized that that song was about a guy who gets uh, seduced and roofied by a witch. Okay. If you actually listen to the lyrics of that song, it's kind of shocking (laughs) as to what's actually going on. Um, Anyway, back to Smooth. Yeah, I always always like this song a lot. I love that album. Well... (laughs) I, I would like to say that I love that album when it came out, but that would be a lie, because the only thing that I listened to, because my mother obviously bought it, as I already you know Hinted. said that she did. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think this song and maybe the Eric Clapton song were the only two that I really listened to, because this was like right when I, this came around right when I started playing the guitar and stuff. So as I was, you know, a young, a young man in, in the world of 1999 pop music, anything that had a guitar solo in it, I was all about it. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I thought this song was great. And this uh, is throwback 70s uh, classic guitar, rock guitar song. Yeah, yeah, which is what I was, which is what I was into. So it was, you know, one of those, one of those things where you didn't feel embarrassed about talking about the stuff that you liked with other kids because there was actually an overlap in the Venn diagram for once. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the video, the video for this, I don't, I don't really know if, like, the video is not the first thing I think of when I think of the song. No, um, I think of it playing I, I think in of every radio station and every yeah. supermarket in 1999. It was, it was, this song was everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, the video itself, like, it's you know, I would, um, I would almost call it, say that there's no concept to the video, but there's a, like a very small concept, which is basically that it is a hot one. Yeah, and, and there's uh, sexy people Latina are, women. Yeah, everywhere. people are sweaty and dancing, and and you know, uh, vaguely Latin. As, as, it's sort as of, I mean, say. it's sort of symbolic of sex, I guess. You could go like the the way they're dancing and everyone's sweating. I'll tell you, man. I don't know if you're just turning into like a stuffy parent, but everything we're watching <laughs> these days is like, I think it's about sex. All I can see is them just grinding their bodies together. <laughs> it's like, guys, you, you just said it's too hot to be uh, so close to each other. So give a little bit of space, I think, between. I, I, I think that's <laughs> like, if you wanted to draw anything about the video, I think that that's kind of it. Like, I think it, the video only really picks up later on. The the only The only... The, the the my main takeaway was from uh, from the video was it's such a produced set of New York you know like it yeah down to the fact that there's the woman who's looking out the window and she has that fan that every apartment building in New York seems to have in the movies which is like this yes. thick metal grill frame around the blades yeah and yeah. Every, the, every, the very dangerous looking fan yeah like that the, probably uh, does not give off any air <laughs> a little kid's hand could definitely reach in between the bars and get chopped up by that fan and. I think everything just looks, even if they shot this on the streets in New York, it looks overly produced in a way. Like, it looks like a set. And that's my main takeaway from it, because outside of that, it's really just, there. I I think there are only three different sections to it where they shot the song where Rob Thomas and Santana are, like, in a barbershop or something is, like, one of them. I think it's a record store. Record store, okay. And then they're outside, and then there's the shots of the women inside looking out the window. Yes. That's pretty much it. And they just cut between those scenes. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, it's a pretty pure uh, distillation of like, we're not telling a story here, we're just trying to get across a certain feel, and that feel is hot and sexy. Yeah. And that's about it. And I think, I actually think they do a pretty good job of that. Like, it's, it feels like a sweaty video, and it's, you know, Santana's music is, is his guitar playing is is, you know, very... Uh, sensuous, if you will. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got a very kind of sexy way of playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, you throw those two things together and, you know, you got yourself a video. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. We're out of here before lunch. Yeah. It, it, it was obviously very... Um Obviously, they didn't. They weren't betting on the uh, song being such a hit. It's that. It's that kind of a video. They did it out of like an obligation that you need to have a video for these things. But I think it. Um, I, I think that the song, the song's interesting to me. It's it. it when I said it was kind of like Smash Mouth, it feels to me, it's one of those weird songs that, while I understand why it got big, and I understand like the sort of appeal to it. It's actually it's actually pretty empty. And I and it's not to say that mm-hmm. like a song needs to be about anything to make it big or like like I'm surprised that like empty pop songs don't make it big, but when you I think it's maybe just the way that I listen to these two when we're doing the prep for the show. I listened to the song like four or five times in a row and I I was always struck by how quickly the song ended and yeah. that it wasn't really it was that watered down Santana thing to it, which which was really surprising to me. I think the song itself is kind of fine, but the the watered down Santana nature of it was the thing that stuck out to me. The way that the music sounds and everything, you can tell it's Santana by the way he plays guitar. But it sounds yeah. it doesn't sound like this is his band. It sounds almost like it's a um, you know the record company put them together to play for this record or something. Yeah. But this is his band. Yeah, yeah. It does it does feel like that they just. It, it feels like it was a Rob Thomas song that they just hired Santana to come in and guest on. Yeah, to punch it like up even, a little bit. Even, yeah, the, the 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 music and 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 the rhythm of it is like as basic as you can get as far as like a Latin rhythm goes. Um, and it doesn't it, it doesn't really change up. It's sort of the the same thing throughout, and the chords are more or less the same throughout. Uh, the only thing that makes it stand out really is 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 the the guitar playing on top of it yeah and it's just i mean i think the one of the reasons that it was such a big hit was you know it the those pop songs that were that were coming out at the time they were you know they were stuff you could dance to and i think that's kind of something that's been lost in rock and roll is you know it started off as something you could dance to and that's what got it so popular yeah and this is a rock and roll song that you can dance to you know yep Clearly, judging by the women and and, and this. Yeah, uh, you know, you throw this on, and I, you could play a bunch of you know house music. <laughs> I would love to go to a club in 1999 that's playing like EDM house music, and then just drops in <laughs> "Smooth" by Santana, and nobody leaves the dance floor. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. Um, I I think that it's a it's a it's a and I know that EDM dance music is redundant. <laughs> It's a decent song. It, it's um, it, it's a perfect summer hit. You know, is the way that I would describe yeah. it. Like, oh, absolutely. It, it yeah. Perfectly. The the subject matter of being hot. Like, if the, you know, if this came out like our DS Nine episode in February, it would be uh, much less of a hit. But it, it's just the summer hit. Feels fine. Um, Santana is there. You know, I suppose I I would really recommend people read the oral history about it because I think it sheds mm. light on like how manufactured songs like this are you know like this starts with like a bunch of executives deciding that they want to do something they hire rob thomas and then they're like are you going to sing on and they should get santana santana's not interested they all get together rob thomas smokes a lot of pot with santana and they decide to do this and then i like how in the oral history they call it santana lit his um his special incense without quotations Mm. just to imply what was going on and um Mm. yeah you know and it, it turned out big they made a bunch of money off of it and it's 
it's a perfectly fine song that uh, has somehow propelled itself into like one of the greatest selling songs of all time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, maybe I, I don't want to look overanalyze it too much, but you know, what else are we here to do? Um, I think, I think it being about being hot and it being a summer song can't, it, it can't be understated because it's like, it's a, it's like a really enjoyable song about feeling absolutely fucking miserable. Right. <laughs> so if, it, if it's like, if it's like a day like today, uh, you know, deep into July, it's like into the nineties and you're outside and it's just like, oh, this is the worst. And then you put on this song and it's like, you know what? It is the worst. But, you know, I feel like dancing. I'm just going to embrace. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace the sweat. And, uh, you know, everybody else around me is equally sweaty and disgusting. And we're also just going to dance in front of Santana and have a really great time. Yeah. It's the song that it, it pushes you over that precipice of um, when it's really hot. You you're like you start getting sweaty and you're like, oh, I'm just too sweaty. At a certain point, you embrace the sweatiness and you just kind of live with it. At that point, you move yeah. on with your day. This is the song that moves you from one uh, dimension into the next. You, you're you're happy yeah. with the way that you feel at the end. Every of it. time I cross that threshold, I make sure to stop and put this on. <laughs> There's you a, know, go ahead. I was just going to say, as far as the visuals go, it, the, it's it really is interesting that it is the same that same late 90s really saturated color thing overexposed it's like, they all they, yeah, they all look the same yeah it's like they shot the video like they shot whatever the process was in the inside the camera at the time that they shot all-star with they used the same process to shoot this one it's just that all-star jacked the color way up and this one muted it because even though even though the color is really like rich it's a lot more muted than the all-star video yeah that's probably what gives me that 70s feeling of it it, it has like a toned down it, it does not look like 70s film but it has the color palette of like an older look to it because they faded out the saturation a little bit yeah i don't i don't know if i would say the color palette is feel 70s no. but it's I, I know what you mean yeah, it, it, dulled, it, the saturation is yeah yeah the saturation is definitely dulled compared to uh uh all-star All <laughs> yeah. or some of the other ones that we've seen from this from this time well i wonder um, i wonder what they were doing like every video was like this it's yeah, really strange it's that teal color everybody fucking loved teal in 1990 <laughs> teal and red like they hadn't quite dipped into that awful everything is teal and orange thing that they do now that with digital color correction it's not quite there yet yeah. they're, they're still it's still the early days of digital color correction so people are just you know doing whatever the hell they want um uh but did you um do you remember man on fire this looks exactly like man on fire yeah they, the man and man on fire i think when we did our real ripe and real rotten uh podcast about that which you can check out it was uh we talked about the music video influences of that yeah 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 i the the thing we've avoided, which is a real holdover, which I think lends hand in hand with that oversaturated look, is the um this was a big era where they would put the fisheye lens on and sort of have like tinsel on the walls. <laughs> like it wasn't tinsel, but they used to have like um shiny material billowing in the breeze on the walls behind them. Yeah, a lot yeah, of rap uh -huh. songs did that and a lot of pop songs did that. And I think the Blink one eighty two song um, small thing, all the small things parodies that a little bit because they do that. But th those were the two things, and I think that ties into it because it's just this wall of color that they oversaturate, and then it just it really looks ugly at this point. I don't think it ever looked good. You know, I, I just looked it up. Uh, I looked up the director, uh, and he did a lot of videos, but not a lot of other videos I'd, I've seen. Which is, I don't know what that says about music video directors because it feels like. 
I almost was assuming maybe that there it was a director thing or something that that brought this color scheme across. I think it's just Fight Club, frankly. I think it was after Fight Club came out and everything had this color scheme. Yeah, it was just in everything, and it became like the hip, <laughs> the, the 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 production design of Fight Club became the hip way to do things for some reason. Sure. I'm not sure why. Yeah, yeah. Did um, I, I was looking up uh, stuff for this one, and I found a pretty good funnier die sketch about Smooth, which is oh really? They set it up where Rob Thomas is a detective in like a CSI type show. But every mm-hmm. line in the show is a lyric from this song. <laughs> so nice. he, he like walks up to a, a body underneath a tarp with another detective kneeling next to it. And he goes, man, it's a hot one. <laughs> and the guy's like, I bet it feels like seven inches from the midday sun. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's, it's pretty funny. I'll put a link to it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a song that has lived on through parody and parody. Apparently, Rob Thomas, I would not think to do this, but Rob Thomas says that now the... Uh, he can't get a weather report without someone saying it's man, it's a hot one to him. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that kind of thing. And apparently, uh, the oral that's history. That's why he only go he only goes out in the winter now. That's right. With a heavy turtleneck. Apparently, uh, I don't remember this at all. Apparently, or I, I don't feel that I recognize this now. That song or that lyric is kind of seen as cheesy. I guess I think I was reading that in the oral uh, history of it. I. It doesn't strike me as anything particularly memeable or anything like that it's iconic but i feel this is an era where a lot of songs started off with a weird phrase that is like now like very linked to it like the it's been or the um right the all-star introduction and things like that yeah yeah i i don't i mean i i don't totally understand why it's become such a uh uh viewed as such a silly lyric it's fine. It's yeah. It's no more silly than anything else. Yeah, I think I think it's just, it happened. It's hot. It happens to be hot, and he's he's explaining it. Yeah, I mean, I I always I laugh more at Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa, which just yeah, feels like he's trying to just get some kind of Latin turn of phrase <laughs> yeah, stuck in that, there. That very much feels like white guy trying to write a Latin song. Yes, <laughs> because you're so smooth. But I think on a I um, mean, yeah, even even back then, even when the song came out, I was like, I really hope somebody else. Of, of more genuine latin descent wrote this right and it's just him singing it because yeah he's like i up from the barrio <laughs> you hear my rhythm on the radio it's like come on man <laughs> <laughs> overdubbing him eating like a taco crunching in the background or something yeah it's, yeah. it's very it, it is um i don't think it's uh, yeah i don't think it's offensive but it's definitely just it's like this white guy writing about his spanish girlfriend which is what it actually yeah, is like if let's put it this way if Santana was not involved with this song, I don't think people would view it as as favorably as they do. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, a good point. You know, if it was just Rob Thomas writing this a, a song Matchbox about 20 his, song. <laughs> yeah, a Matchbox Twenty song about how hot it is in Spanish Harlem, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it quite flies the way it does when you've got Santana's stamp of approval. It's a, um, it's an interesting. You know, I, m- I mentioned before, it's it's not a particularly, like, uh, I don't think it's a deep song or anything like that, but it's actually structurally pretty interesting um, in how it's written. I think it's a good example of 
a strong verse, strong pre-chorus, and then chorus. Like yeah. it, it builds yeah. really nicely. And the oral history talks about how they didn't have the pre-chorus section before that, or they their pre-chorus they, was the chorus. I think yeah, originally, yeah, they didn't have the chorus. Yeah, yeah. so they. They added that and it adds a little oomph to it, but it's definitely a song that you can feel the escalation and like technically and structurally, I think it's a really good pop song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really satisfying song. Um, and I think that goes a long way because I think you listen to, I think there's a lot of songs you listen to now where they feel very unsatisfying because they don't have any of that stuff. Like, I don't know if they've just forgotten how to write bridges or just choruses even. Yeah. Um, but I, there's a lot of just, uh, right down the middle stuff that doesn't really feel super satisfying. But when you have a song like this, that I, yeah, I think that's I think that's a big part of it is that it is a very satisfyingly structured song that it actually you know builds and you know your chorus is really satisfying and yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. Great karaoke song, great karaoke song as well. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think we're done with this one. So it's uh, the videos. The video is what the video is. Do you think that the gimmick of this show, Clay, obviously, is did the video kill the radio star? Did the video aspect help, uh, or like just did it did it elevate the song in any kind of way and thus kill the radio star? What say you about it? I don't think so at all. Um, I think the video is is just there to facilitate the song. Um, it's not trying to uplift it. It's just trying to. Uh, you know, it's just trying to get across the feeling of, of the song and like full stop. Yeah. The video exists because MTV exists. I feel like yeah, it's exactly. like they, yeah. they have to make yeah. this, this even, video. even if they didn't make a video, this song still would have been huge. Yeah, it would, it would have been. I, I only, as we said before, I only recognize, I, I remember it just playing everywhere. Uh, I remember yeah. the video just because this was like peak era MTV for me, but, uh, the, the song itself is, Way and above whatever the video is. So I would agree with you that video did not kill the radio star in this regard. Uh, that's it. Do uh, Thank you guys very much for listening to Radio Star Murders. We're talking about music videos. And uh, I think we're, are we going to wrap up 1999 next week, Clay? Um, I felt like you there was another one you wanted to do, but I can't oh, remember there what is. it was. The, but, well, which one are you doing? Why don't you say what your choice is, and then I'll, I'll figure out. Yeah, next week we're going to be doing uh, My Name Is by... Uh, okay. Eminem. Yes, and then we'll after the week after that we do we'll be I'll just say it now we'll do the uh, the blink all the small things because it kind of parodies sure. this era. So we'll do Eminem's My Name Is. Um, that'll be our next one. Uh, outside of that, check out all the social media links down below. You can support the show on Patreon if you're so inclined. Check out the Star Trek podcast. Check out Real Ripe, Real Rotten. And uh, Clay, you have a Kickstarter coming up. Do you want to mention that? Sure do. At the end of this month, July. I'll be launching a Kickstarter for a graphic novel I'll be doing called Bloody Hell, which is about mystical, mystical-powered Vikings uh, waking up in World War One and uh, having to deal with that. And uh, yeah, as it gets closer, I mean, it's getting very close, but uh, uh, you'll get more information and you will know when it launches because you will be sick of hearing me talk about it <laughs> on every available outlet I have. Thank you guys very much. Easiest way to get me to shut up about it is to support me some money. <laughs> <laughs> One of the rewards is that you get the special non-version of uh, yeah, the everything. Yeah, you spend a certain certain number of dollars and you will never hear about it ever again. <laughs> it's the ad, the ad-free version. Yep. Um, yeah, so Eminem, my name is next week. It's the song that launched the two-decade-long career, as it is now, of Eminem. So we'll have a lot to say about that. That's a very iconic video for me. I remember that one strongly. Uh, and as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Check out Smooth by Santana and let us know your thoughts about this one. It's a hot one. All right, guys, we'll see you later.